right, good to join up with you this morning on this February the 2nd, and it is episode 79 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. We're so thankful to have you here today. See you jumping in here with us. Man, it's great to have you. And uh, tried a little bit something different here today, so I was uh, play, music played a little while longer than I had expected, but that's all right. I uh, was trying a new microphone, and uh, I don't think it's going to work out. So, but uh, anyway, we're going to keep working on it. Um, get it all perfected. Right about the time Doc is coming back, he will be back tomorrow uh, is the plan. So um, he uh, is had a little uh, doctor's visit today and uh, was going to just make sure everything was all right. Everything checked out yesterday test-wise, and he's uh, going to be back in the, uh, the uh, home studio or the uh, Starship Enterprise, I like to call it. And, uh, man, good to see everybody on here today. Uh, USMC, G. Campbell, uh, thank you guys. Uh, Y-H-I-X-X, PBG, Grandmama5, Michael Key, good to see you, Z Catfish. Man, good to see all of you joining up with us here today. Uh, we've got a great show uh, lined up for you. Uh, RFY9, and again, I'm just having to use these identification. Uh, let's see, uh, F something, W-J-I-E-P. Uh, uh, he has uh, been sick. Uh, he had COVID. Hey, Stephanie, good to see you. Billy, good to see you. And uh, he's, uh, but he's recovered and he will be back tomorrow. So uh, anyway, thank you again for hanging in there with us. Thank you so much for all the support. Uh, thank you to our sponsors for doing uh, a great job. Uh, you're welcome, Z Catfish. No problem whatsoever. Love the, I love the moniker. Um, just wanted to give you a quick rundown. Uh, again, this is episode 79. Uh, it's, this is February the 2nd. Of course, you already know what the date is, 2022, the year of our Lord. And uh, this is the Doc Washburn Show. You can find us at thedocwashburnshow.com. Uh, it is a live uh, show for, at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern. And then uh, the show is downloaded as a podcast right afterwards. Afterwards, And you can get it on any of your podcast uh, platforms uh, and uh, even the places where you can't get Neil Young, but you can get Joe Rogan. I saw a Twitter, uh, uh, a tweet yesterday that said, uh, it was uh, Alexa, and said, Alexa, please play uh, Neil Young. And it said, I cannot play Neil Young. He's not available. Would you like to hear a Joe Rogan podcast? <laughs> I love that. Uh, um, job uh, reports coming out tomorrow, and uh, if you, you've watched uh, – the uh, the the administration is trying to head off the negative, uh, but it looks like uh, jobs fell by three hundred thousand in January. We were having hundreds of thousands of jobs added under President Trump, uh, but uh, you know that's the way it goes. LA's busy trying to sanitize LA uh, in advance of the Super Bowl, and that's all right to have uh, defecation on uh, uh, feces on the sidewalks and. Uh, tents everywhere, but not next week. So uh, uh, I, was, uh, I think that, hey, G. Campbell, I think that was, uh, I sent out a scheduled podcast. I'll double check that, uh, but I think that was the schedule. I sent it out last night late. Uh, somebody, uh, G. Campbell said, did you know your podcast for yesterday was named February the 2nd? Uh, but I'll double check that. But I think that was 
uh, letting you know about today's podcast. And uh, so anyway, I, again, I'm trying to learn all this and uh, we've got our engineers and we've got our, our produ- producers and we've got our uh, studio at another location and I'm doing it from home. So uh, anyway, there's going to be mistakes probably in uh, <laughs> Z-Catfish says, can't fix LA, does it uh, into the ocean. <laughs> Hey, Flam, uh, Flam, uh, let's see, Flamingo, Pink Flamingo, all is good. Okay, good deal. Uh, Flamingo at 1962, good to see you, uh, Flamingo Pink, good to see you today. Man, just good to see everybody jumping in here. Got a good group uh, joining up, and uh, there'll be some more jumping in here, and uh, we're just uh, we're, we're, we're just glad to have you. Uh, this report coming out is going to be 300,000 jobs lost. They've been working two or three days trying to uh, kind of minimize the damage of, of what's going to come out. Uh, and so they'll start leaking stuff out so that, you know, it won't look quite so bad. Uh, today's episode, uh, the 79th episode, is brought to you by the Minton Law Firm uh, over in Benton, Arkansas. If you live in Arkansas and you have had uh, a situation, uh, maybe it's a slip and fall, maybe it's an auto accident, maybe you got some insurance and it wasn't the uh, Shaq's the general, uh, maybe it was a personal injury, whatever it may be, uh, then uh, Minton Law Firm uh, can help you out. Just call them at 855, uh, the letter X, and then adjuster. 855-X-Adjuster, or you can just go to justinmintonlaw.com. It is uh, uh, the Minton Law Firm. Uh, Justin Minton was an insurance adjuster turned attorney. So he doesn't adjust cases anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. He wins them. And he knows the behind the scenes. In fact, a good friend of ours had an accident and uh, was hit from behind, uh, uh, called uh, Justin, and uh, and said, hey, man, you know, I, I need you to take this case. He asked him to tell him all the situation. He told him all the situation. And uh, he said, man, look, you don't need me. Here's what you do. Blah, blah, blah. I told him what to do. Uh, if they do this, do this. If that doesn't work, call me back. Uh, that's the kind of guy he is. I mean, you just got to you gotta meet these people. They're, they're wonderful people. Uh, you'll really, really enjoy doing business with them. And they are going to uh, get you... Uh, two to three times more money than you normally would get. It's just an average hiring an attorney. Uh, you get an average of two to three times more money. But when you get an attorney who is an in, uh, ex-insurance adjuster, and they know that name, believe me, they know who Justin Minton is. One of the nicest, kindest, uh, but but don't let that nice, kind exterior fool you. He's He'll be a bulldog for you. So, again, uh, justinmintonlaw.com. Give them a call at 855-X-Adjuster, 855-X-Adjuster. Uh, insurance adjuster turned attorney, uh, Minton Law Firm, justinmintonlaw.com. Thank you so much again for being here today. Man, we're just thrilled to have you. And uh, this is going to be our... Uh, maiden, or not our maiden, I guess would be our final voyage uh, for the immediate future. I got some good shows lined up for you. Some other shows we're going to be, uh, we've got on the planning board and, and uh, we're, we're, we're looking at down the road. And uh, Doc Washburn is always going to be our flagship show. Uh, but we've got some good things in store for you. And uh, so some of us rookies, some of us that don't know what we're doing. This is good experience for us. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about maybe 
uh, coming on with Doc at some time in the future, and we can talk about all the shows that are coming up, or he can he can do it so much better and tell you about all the shows that we've got coming up. Uh, but uh, man, it's it's great to have you here today, and let's just dive right in. Uh, we got a lot of good reactions from yesterday's show, uh, and uh, what really hit a nerve was the. Uh, piece that I did on somebody else raising and educating our kids. I got a great call this morning from a guy, uh, Samantha. I heard the podcast yesterday, and uh, you know we started homeschooling our, our our daughter. And man, we we realized that you know we should have been doing it all along. Is, is it tough? Absolutely. Is it is it you know anything worth doing though is tough, isn't it? I mean, it's you know it's a challenge. And so this is certainly no uh, different. Uh, Terry, good to see you. Mo, uh, NFZT, good to see you today. SJ187, good to see you today. Uh, just good to see all of you guys uh, jumping on here uh, on this Wednesday. But um, I want to talk uh, about uh, our lead story today. I tell you what, I'm going to I'm gonna shift gears here, uh, give just a few more people to jump on since this is our live show. And I want to skip over to uh, a question that I wanted to pose to you today. Uh, and I'm, I'm very careful about this, and here's why. Uh, I'm very careful about calling for, I ne- you will never hear me hardly ever say uh, somebody who says something on TV should lose their job. Uh, and there's people uh, like um, uh, Joy Behar and, and uh, you know, these just deplorable people that I, I would never, you know, uh, uh, watch Adam. Good to see you today. Uh, by you nine, man. Good to see you today. Um, I, I would never, you know, waste my time watching them to begin with. I, I don't. I, I don't even watch clips of them. But um, you know, I've seen enough of them in the past uh, to 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 have enough for a lifetime. But but you'll never hear me ever call for their jobs. I just uh, that's just not something I, I'm comfortable doing. Uh, and. Uh, you know, if, if here's my thing, if people want to listen to that, they want to watch that, uh, that's their business, that's their right. Uh, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to listen to it. If advertisers want to advertise with them, that's their right. Uh, I'm not going to buy their products if they, if they support them, uh, if, 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 if I know about it. So, uh, with all that being said, uh, you know, when President Trump, when they were trying to impeach President Trump, obviously I was dead set against that. But I was also, I had to be honest with myself and say, would I feel the same way if it was a Democrat? And I had to answer and say, absolutely, uh, I would, um, you know, I, 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 I would uh, feel the same way. But, but, but the difference would be is if someone, I, I don't want someone to lose their job over politics. I don't want someone to lose their job over something they, even they say, even something as deplorable as, uh, the the Holocaust wasn't, um, you know, which is just idiotic. The, the Holocaust wasn't about race. Just that's just what Whoopi said. That's that's just ignorant. It's you know, it's it's dumb. But again, I just uh, you know, I, I I don't want someone calling for my job uh, over a mistake I make or something I say, even if I don't agree with you politically. But with all that being said. Uh, let, let me say this about, and I know a lot of you are not going to agree with me on that, and, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I have to, you know, I have to be able to uh, be honest with you. And uh, but here's here's something I want to talk to you about today, and that is, uh, is it time uh, to call for the impeachment of Joe Biden? 
Now, now stay with me here because I know you're you're my audience. You're you know for today. Uh, D, good to see you today. Um, and so uh, everybody's like, yeah, get the pitch force, get the you know uh, you know get the flamethrower. Let's let's uh, let, let's hang him in high noon. Not not literally, obviously. Uh, but uh, here's here's the thing. Here's why. Uh, t- typically, I would never say. Uh, impeachment. I think impeachment, uh, even when Bill Clinton uh, did what he did, I think the lying, uh, I think he need to be censored uh, or censured. I think there needs to be, you know, some, some, but, but when the constitution is not upheld, when the law is broken, then I think that is the time to have the conversation. Here's why I think you got to be so careful is because when Democrats are in office, they're going to try to remove the Republican. When the Republicans are in office, they're going to try to remove the Democrat. And that's just partisan politics, and that's not what the founders intended. What the founders said was this, uh, but uh, good point. Z. Kepi said technically Jew is a religion, Hebrew is a race. Uh, not a popular point, uh, but it's the truth. Uh, very, very true. Thank you for uh, that clarification, Z Catfish. Uh, and, and a lot of times we do make those interchangeable. Um, but, but here's the the difference. And and I would say this if it were a Republican or a Democrat. I think if uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden gets on a call with somebody and says something, and it's real. Uh, obscure and it and it it could be construed to be a high crime or a misdemeanor. We're going to get into that here in a minute. Uh, then I think it has to be examined. Uh, but unless it is something uh, so clear that everybody and anybody can say, "Look, you know, man, they're just they're turning their nose up at the Constitution," then I think that's when. Uh, uh, I think that's when the conversation has uh, has to be had. Um, and uh, I know you don't end a sentence like that, but uh, I did today. So, uh, <clears throat> hey, man, we're learning here today. Terry said, well, crud, Z, Z, the cat, uh, Z Catfish. I didn't realize that. Thanks. See, we're learning, man. We're all learning. And thank you so much. Um, but uh, so, so the founders wanted to keep this. They knew that it would become partisan and, and we'd get petty. And I think we got to be super careful uh, when we do that. Uh, so uh, we, I, th- I think we've really got, we have to uh, make sure that it's something that is truly impeachable. Uh, it is something, and, and I'm going to tell you, I believe what's going on on the southern border now, uh, I, w- I want to preface, preface this by saying, uh, you know, I pastor a church. Uh, we're a mixed congregation. We have, we have uh, three uh, congregations. Uh, we're, we're about to launch our fourth. Actually, uh, probably in the ne- this year, we'll, we'll launch another. Uh, at least we've got one uh, on the board. We've got two more. So we'll probably at le- uh, launch at least two more. Uh, and uh, so we'll have six at that time. And of those six, four of those will be Spanish congregations. Our Spanish congregation is going fa- faster uh, than our English, but we're all one congregation. We just don't meet together um, uh, uh, on a real regular basis. So I'm, I'm not this, you know, but the southern border has to be fixed. Immigration uh, has to be stood for. It is not sustainable to allow people to come to this country uh, uh, illegally and pour in. It's not fair to the people. 
uh, like my neighbor next door who is from India who did it right and his wife who did it right and uh, hundreds of people I know from India uh, that came here that are in the hotel industry that we do business with and uh, they did it right and uh, tons of Hispanics uh, uh, Latinos who did it right. It's not fair and it's not sustainable. When somebody says, well, you know, we need to have compassion, just let them come on over. And, uh, hey, Vey, good to see you, Vey B. Uh, good to see you today. Uh, so, so it's not sustainable. So, uh, you got to ask the question, okay, if we're going to let people come in, what's the limit? Well, nobody can answer that because they hadn't thought that just saying, well, it's humane. It's the right thing to do. Uh, it's so mean to turn them back. No, it's mean to let them come to this country and, and then eventually not have the resources uh, to take care of our veterans, to take care of our seniors, to take care of everybody else, and certainly not be able to take care of somebody who's not even a citizen of this country. And uh, and uh, we may explore sometimes on another podcast another time. Doc may do it. I don't know. But talk about it from a biblical worldview, and I think I can make the case from a biblical view uh, that uh, borders are absolutely scriptural. And so, uh, so, so here's the question. The question is this, should Joe Biden be impeached for, uh, high crimes and misdemeanors? Well, before we answer that question, let's go to what does, let's go to what does high crimes and misdemeanors mean? This is from the American, uh, Enterprise Institute. Uh, this is just a report, uh, senior fellow Gary Schmidt. Uh, you can follow him at Gary J. Schmidt. You can follow me uh, at Donnie Copeland on uh, Twitter, and you can go to at Donnie Copeland on Gab. Uh, so here's the key points uh, about high crimes and misdemeanors, okay? The framers did not give an extended ex explanation of what constitutes high crimes and misdemeanors. However, however, through an analysis of the text of the Constitution, uh, the Constitutional Convention, the ratification debates, and British and American impeachment precedents, it is possible to reach a broad understanding of what behavior is covered by those terms. The key to unlocking that understanding in the case of the presidency is that the office is one of powers whose ends and limits are fixed by a specific set of duties. High crimes and misdemeanors are not limited to actual crimes. I didn't know if you knew that. I didn't know that till I actually read this. High crimes and misdemeanors are not limited to actual crimes, but, but extend to an abuse or violation of the public trust in carrying out those duties. By judging the actions of executive and judicial officials against the standard of the constitutional duties and broad public responsibilities, the impeachment process serves three great ends. It removes from office those who have forfeited their right to serve. It protects the public from further depredations. It induces others to act in accordance with their high public responsibilities. And it provides the citizenry with a vital lesson in the principles of constitutional democracy. Um, now, the United States uh, Constitution establishes that the president, vice president, civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office uh, 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 on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. 
Uh, although British law employed the term for centuries before the American Revolution, the definition of what constitutes high crimes and misdemeanors has long been a subject of ambigu ambiguity. Even studying the Constitutional Convention and subsequent ratifying debate sheds only a little light on how the founding generation separated impeachable offenses from occasional uh, maladministration. Uh, uh, so demystify this portion of Article 2. Uh, in uh, the, the impeachment trials of Senator William Blount in 1799, uh, Judge Robert Archibald and Judge Halstead Ritter, among other examples, these are three that were impeached uh, or had impeachment trials, Senator William Blount, Judge Robert Archibald, and Judge Halstead, uh, uh, Judge Halstead Ritter, uh, among other examples. This was back 30s uh, and 1700s, way back. Uh, so uh, help illustrate this point. Although uh, he was ultimately acquitted, Congress accused uh, Blount of working with the British to profit from a proposed invasion of Florida and Louisiana. So we see the historic con uh, context here, uh, and it goes on through. Uh, let me read one last part of this about the question of impeachment depends less on strict legal definitions than it does a dedication to a political and moral principle. Impeachment exists to protect the public while encouraging those entrusted with political power to live up to the high responsibilities of their office. Now, that is the context. Here's, hey, uh, P-E-K-T-P-I-Z-X. <clears throat> and again, I'm... Um, I'm, I'm sorry that I can't uh, I can't give a name. I'm just using usernames. Uh, yeah, D Mac. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Um, but uh, here's here's the bottom line. The bottom line is this: when a, a president uh, ignores uh, the not only the law but puts our nation in jeopardy, uh, i.e., the southern border. We had three. Uh, Syrians arrested on the southern border uh, last week. Uh, it, 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 no one knows how many uh, people from other countries, certainly not from southern, uh, South America, but from far eastern countries, from uh, other places where terrorism is rampant, have been caught at the southern border and we never heard about it. I can, I can with 99.9% assurance, assure you that that has happened. But nonetheless, uh, what we see here in this uh, piece about high crimes and misdemeanors is this. We find this, that uh, it is uh, not just breaking the law, uh, which uh, Joe Biden is breaking the law, but not by ignoring uh, and actually subverting the immigration policy uh, by taking uh, illegal uh aliens and putting them on buses and giving them money. So it's aiding and not only allowing them in, but aiding and abetting them. And so it is, it is clear. Now, here's the problem I see, okay? And I'm just going to be honest with you. I think, uh, uh, I think this is, I think this is the problem. The problem is uh, the, the uh, climate has been so politicized that even when a Joe Biden not only ignores the law, but he also subverts the law and aids and abet those breaking the law, uh, even when someone from, let's say, the Republican side 
uh, comes up and says, well, you know, we need to impeach him. Well, then the left says, well, you just want to do that because we impeached uh, uh, Trump, President Trump. That, that's, that's where we are. And uh, because of the news cycle, because of the uh, lack of, of uh, news that is balanced, and, and uh, it, you certainly won't find it on Fox News, uh, actual news, uh, you're going to get nothing but political rhetoric. And so it just it is a division. Uh, and here's another thing. We, we have most, in, in the report I gave you yesterday from Peter Schweitzer's new book, Red Handed, about how uh, U.S. elites are aiding uh, the Chinese, uh, these Chinese companies through lobbying efforts. Uh, and they're getting wealthy in the, in the, uh, in, in the meantime uh, as a result of it. Uh, we have uh, political actors, we have politicians uh, who are not statesmen. See, a statesman is not a Republican or a Democrat. A statesman is, says, you know, I have an ideology, I have a constituency that I have to represent, uh, but at the same time, uh, I've got to do what's right for these United States. But we don't have that much anymore. Well, we, you know, we don't have a Republican that say, look, a Republican did wrong. We need to stand up. We need to, we, we need to call him out on it. Democrat will never call out a Democrat. And the Republicans, man, they'll throw you under the bus in a heartbeat. Democrats, man, Eric Swalwell can sleep with all the Chinese spies he wants to, and nobody from the Democratic Party uh, other than maybe Tulsi Gabbard uh, will call him out for it. It's just not going to happen. And so, um, uh, so we have this partisanship. We have politicians we don't have, we no longer have statesmen uh, who have not the Republican Party in their best interest, not the Democratic Party in their best interest, but the United States of America. But every Republican worth their salt, every Democrat worth their salt, every independent worth their salt, if they were honest, they would say, uh, look, Joe Biden, you have to stop that and you have to stop it now. We're giving you. Uh, you know, uh, a, a day to stop it. And if you don't stop it, we're going to impeach you. And, uh, and, and I would be satisfied with that. I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I, and, and even though I don't think he legitimately even won the election, I'm just going to go out there and say it. I just don't. I believe that Donald Trump won the election. Um, I'm still not for impeaching until it is a last resort, but I think we're there. And so I think he stops. He stops now subverting, not only ignoring the law, but subverting and aiding and abetting the breaking of the, of the immigration laws uh, are uh, he's impeached. And so I think that's, that's the bottom line. Uh, let's, uh, let's reset here. I've got a great piece from Emerald Robinson, uh, who is um, phenomenal. I, I believe this is, uh, I want to say it's at uh, American Greatness. I think so. You know, you know where I found this? I tell you, and I want to tell you about a great uh, website, uh, and I'm going to tell you who turned me on to it, uh, not personally, but when I was listening to him, was the late, great Rush Limbaugh. And I still can't believe I have to say late. Um, but the late, great uh, Rush Limbaugh uh, mentioned one time on one of his radio broadcasts uh, about the last refuge. At that time, I think it was called the Conservative Treehouse, uh, but it's called The Last uh, Refuge and uh, lastrefuge.com. It's a great, it's a little different site, 
Uh, it's got a lot of uh, kind of religious overtones, uh, but a lot of politics. Uh, it's just laid out different. It's just, it's a little different, but man, you'll get some real, real good, solid, solid content over there. And this is where I found uh, this article uh, by Emerald Robinson about the treachery uh, of VP Mike Pence. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you where I first kind of got this. Hey, uh, Jane, good to see you today. Janie, good to see you. Uh, Steve, good to see you today. Uh, here's where I first got a hint that Mike Pence, and when uh, President Trump chose him as his running mate, I was not for it. And the reason I wasn't was because I was in the legislature uh, at the time, uh, and uh, I knew what Medicaid expansion was. It was actually Obama's uh, buying off governors uh, to bring uh, uh, government uh, mandated health care to conservative states. And we had Republican governors like Asa Hutchinson. We had Republican governors like Mike Pence. Uh, that took the money uh, and socialized a large part of their insurance uh, of the population relative to insurance. Uh, and uh, you literally were penalized if you were lower income and you worked. You were penalized if you uh, bought, uh, if you tried to get this uh, Medicaid expansion. Uh, if you didn't work, you could get it with no, no trouble if you tried to work. Uh, and so uh, that was Obama's intention to give a benefit uh, so that we could basically eliminate the middle class. Uh, so people are not being upperly mobile. They're not working at McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, and then working their way up to the next tier and getting to the middle class. Uh, and that's what socialists do. They uh, eliminate the middle class, you have the very poor, you have the very rich, and nothing in between. Uh, what makes America so unique and, and beautiful is you have these people living in the middle. They're not poor, uh, they're not uh, wealthy, uh, but they're very comfortable. They have very comfortable lives, uh, and they are uh, doing well, and it is something that you will not see in very many countries in the world. Uh, and what it is basically is a way, uh, the middle class is a way for people uh, to reach the next level. And a lot of people, uh, a good many middle class people end up going to the next level and become wealthy individuals. A lot of people are born into wealth and so forth. Uh, but in America, you can go from lower class to middle class uh, to, to, to wealthy. And I'm talking finances here. I'm not talking about your worth or anything else. Uh, so I, 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 I knew that this was a socialist, uh, agenda and that's why I fought it so hard. That's why I introduced, uh, legislation in the, uh, Republican or in the, yeah, we had a supermajority Republican majority. Uh, and, and I was defeated in committee about eliminating this because what the governor did, uh, he took Medicaid expansion and renamed it Arkansas Works and made it sound, you know, real industrious and all, but it was the exact same program with just a few minor tweaks, uh, and said he was ending the Medicaid expansion, which had been passed by the previous governor. And he was ending it on day one, and it was all just a total farce and a total and complete fraud and lie, and everybody knew it. Uh, but when I introduced my bill in the 
uh, House uh, committee, uh, I was fought by uh, the, um, uh, what is it, the, so, not Social Security, maybe Social Security, uh, human, uh, Health and Human Services, I believe the, the, the head sat right beside me, lied through his teeth. Uh, my own committee members got up and walked out so they wouldn't have to vote. Uh, and the Democrats, you know, took care of the rest of it. it. It was just deplorable. And that was the day I realized this is not Republicans versus Democrats, friend. This is Republicans, uh, our Republicans versus Democrats. It's Republicans plus Democrats plus lobbyists um, uh, against uh, the citizenry and a few uh, patriots that are in, in office. So that was my first hint. And then when I saw later that Mike Pence had also taken the Medicaid expansion money uh, because there was billions of dollars pumped into these states uh, and their hospitals and their uh, state coffers. So when I saw that, I knew, I said, when, and when uh, President Trump picked him, I said, man, I don't like this. I thought he was a good guy. I thought he was a nice guy. I thought he was a godly man. Uh, but uh uh, Emerald Robinson pretty much dispels uh, all of that. And look, if, if you'll aid and abet uh, Barack Obama to bring socialism to your state, there's pretty much not anything else you wouldn't do. So Emerald Robinson, uh, 23 hours ago, writes this. Uh, and again, I got this over the last refuge. Uh, you can find Emerald at Emerald uh b3.substack.com uh emerald db uh, i'm sorry emerald b3.substack.com uh, the treachery of vp mike pence explained who fired general flynn and started the russia hoax in the first place that's how that's the uh, subtitle there finally president donald trump chose to lob a verbal grenade in the direction uh, uh in the general direction of his old vp uh Mike Pence last Sunday night, this regarding or referring to his speech, I believe in Georgia, regarding Pence's ability to formally contest the results of the 2020 election. This was, for many Trump supporters, long overdue. Here is Trump's statement on the matter and uh, says, um, if the vice president, Mike Pence, had absolutely no right to change the presidential election results in the Senate, despite fraud and many other irregularities, how come the Democrats and rhino Republicans like wacky Susan Collins are desperately trying to pass legislation that will not allow the vice president to change the results of the election? Great question. Uh, if Mike Pence used the excuse, I don't have the legal right to do that, then why are people right now trying to change the law that it can't be done? Great point. He, she goes on uh, quoting President Trump at this speech. Uh, actually, what they are saying is that Mike Pence did have the right to change the outcome, and now they want to take the right away. Unfortunately, he didn't exercise that power, and he could have overturned the election. Uh, then this is Emerald, that was Donald Trump. Now here's Emerald Robinson. The reason that Mike T Pence did not exercise the power to lawfully contest the election is because Mike Pence was never a Trump loyal loyalist. 
He's a GOP establishment loyalist. There were plenty of problems inside the Trump administration, and Vice President Mike Pence was at the center of many, if not uh, many, of those problems. In fact, it's always been obvious that Pence and his staff were deeply involved in trying to remove President Trump from office. You know, we heard whispers of this way back. Uh, Again, I'm talking about uh, this is Emerald Robinson, Emerald uh, B3 dot substack.com and i got this at the last refuge.com she goes on whenever the subject of mike pence comes up in casual conversation i always ask the same question do you know olivia troy do you know jennifer williams do you know Catherine seaman how about josh pitcock if you're drawing a blank with these names then i'm sorry to inform you that that you were not paying close enough attention to politics during the Trump years and i i'm i'm a political uh, junkie and i knew none of those names uh she goes on also you were not paying attention to my twitter feed sorry emerald because i was re- reporting on these problems all the time during the Trump administration so without further ado Let's review all the evidence against Mike Pence. Trust me, there's a lot of evidence. Man, that is some powerful stuff right there. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to reset. We're going to finish this, uh, the treachery of Mike Pence. And we're going to start out with with who really fired uh, General Flynn. And we'll be right back here in just a moment. We're back. Sorry about that. Uh, Going a little longer than I thought. I spilled my coffee all over my freshly ironed or starched uh, shirt. And uh, if you know me, how's everyone today? Untangled says, Cartoon Steve, good to see you back, buddy. Thank you for sharing the show. 
uh, NHFM, good to see you today. Uh, who fired General Michael Flynn? We're talking about the treachery of uh, Mike Pence, and there's plenty of evidence. This is uh, Emerald Robinson uh, over uh, at uh, emeraldb3.substack.com. Uh, you can find the article at The Last Refuge, uh, thelastrefuge.com. Uh, this was a, a, a website that uh, Rush used to uh, access a lot and would give us uh, different um, uh, different tidbits from there. And so I started using it. It's been going there for several years now. And it's a great, great, uh, great uh, place and resource for you. Uh, and so Emerald Robinson is talking about the treasury of Mike Pence. And that's where I first heard about, actually. Uh, but I, as I said, uh, for some of you just joining us, I was kind of uh, suspect of Mike Pence from the beginning uh, just because uh, of him taking the Medicaid expansion. So uh, Emerald Robinson writes and says, who fired General Mike Flynn? Well, let's begin with Mike Pence's least favorite question. Why did you insist that President Trump fire his national security advisor, Michael Flynn, in the opening days of the administration? The official story is that General Flynn had lied to Mike Pence about Flynn's contacts with Russian diplomats. Nobody has bothered to ask Pence exactly how he was informed about Flynn's private conversations. Think about it. Somebody went to Pence with the transcripts of Flynn's calls and told Pence that Flynn was a national security risk. Who would have had access to such phone calls? Who would want to lie about the nature of these phone calls to get Flynn fired? It almost certainly must have been disgraced FBI agent Peter Stroke Strock, as Rush used to love to call him. It's likely that Strzok, uh, Stroke was the only one who pushed for VP Pence to fire Flynn because we know that Peter Strzok's assistant was Catherine Seaman, the wife of Mike Pence's chief of staff, Josh Peacock. We also have text exchanges between uh, uh, Stroke and uh, Stroke Strock and Page discussing infiltrating the Trump White House in great detail. This was the subject of an extraordinary letter from Senator Grassley and Senator Johnson to AG Bill Barr. What did Pence know about the FBI's attempt to spy on the Trump White House? Is it even possible that Mike Pence was totally unaware that his chief of staff's spouse was working directly for the chief of the counter espionage unit of the FBI? We know that President Obama warned President Trump not to hire Flynn in 2016. We also know that Flynn himself believes that Obama advised Trump against hiring him because Flynn knew about Obama, the Obama administration's role in spying on Trump's presidential campaign. Removing Flynn as Trump's national security advisor was a top prior, priority of the deep state. In other words, Mike Pence was the first person uh, to set the Russian hoax into motion. Uh, point number two, the Ukraine impeachment. During the failed Ukraine impeachment of President Trump, plenty of State Department and NSC swamp creatures crawled out of the shadows to hurl lame ac accusations about Trump's phone call with Ukraine, uh, Ukraine President Zelensky. Did you know that one of the main accusers was a national security official on Vice President Mike Pence's staff? 
A State Department official named Jennifer Williams was placed on Pence's staff in April of 2019, which was just in time to get involved in the Ukraine call and the subsequent subsequent impeachment. What a coincidence that she arrived mere weeks before the call. Just imagine being months into your new job in the White House, in the White House, only to volunteer to testify against the president in an impeachment trial over phone calls you didn't like. If you can't find the scenario absurd, you're not alone. During her testimony before Congress, Jennifer Williams identified her working colleagues on Ukraine issues as Alex Vindman, you heard of him, Viona Hill, George Kent. She all tes- she also testified that Trump's call was uh, quote unusual and inappropriate without explaining her legal reasoning. That's not so strange because William had defied an order from the White House by agreeing to appear for her des- uh, deposition at all. She was then sent off to CENTCOM right after the Ukraine impeachment was over. In other words, she got a cush job somewhere else. Williams's attempted takedown of President Trump moved her immediate supervisor, Lieutenant Keith Kellogg, uh, Keith Kellogg, to issue his own statement about Williams. Mrs. Williams also was on the call, and she testified she never reported any uh, personal professional concerns to me. Her direct supervisor regarding the call. Uh, I was her direct supervisor regarding the call. In fact, she never reported any personal professional concerns to any other member of the vice president's staff, including our chief of staff and the vice president. Again, uh, this is Emma Robinson. Again, obvious questions should be asked. Did Williams ask permission from Pence to testify against Trump? What did Pence know about Williams and her sudden interest in testifying at an impeachment trial against President Trump? Why did Pence not dissuade her from testifying in the first place? This is the second time that Mike Pence and his office was involved in plots against President Trump manufactured by national security officials. Do you see a, uh, do you see a pattern forming yet? Uh, and, and it goes on. We're going we're gonna to do some more here. Uh, there is Olivia Troy and the COVID, vac- uh, COVID vaccines. There's uh, Pence's chief of staff gets locked out of the White House by Trump. Uh, and a lot more that we're going to talk about here in just a minute. And uh, before we do that, I, I want to take a quick break. We're not going to do music this time. Uh, we're going to we're going to go to uh, and talk about a, a great uh, group of people. And that is MyRedRiver.com. Amen. My, uh, uh, again, my amens are from my preaching days. Uh, my red, which are still going on, by the way. Uh, MyRedRiver.com is a great way for you to buy a car. Uh, we, uh, I've told you the story of how that when Doc was fired from Cumulus Media and uh, we were thinking, man, we, we ought to start a podcast. We get a call and it's from the owner. And he says, man, I want y'all to come out. I want to talk to you. Uh, I said, man, I've got this network of uh, car dealerships, but we've started this new thing called uh, uh, Red River, I'm sorry, RedRiverYourWay.com. 
I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on to the next ad, redriveryourway.com. And, uh, and he said, I, I want you to come out. I want you to see what we're doing. I want to talk to you, and I want to, I want to support you. And, man, we were blown away. Here's this young guy, dynamic guy, and he says, I have this thing called redriveryourway.com. And he said, what I'm going to do, he said, uh, I want to, I'm going to support you on your, on your podcast. And he said, uh, we're going to be able to push cars all over the country. And he said, they'll be able to buy from liberty minded people, people that support conservatives, people to support, uh, doing things the right way. You can go right on redriveryourway.com. Uh, you can shop pre-owned. You can find all kind of cars with low miles. You can work your own deal right there. You can work out your finance and they've got these, uh, just different algorithms. You can just put in your stuff. Or if you're not comfortable with all that, uh, there's a little phone icon right there at redriveryourway.com. <clears throat> you hit that phone icon and, uh, it'll start calling them. Uh, you can even estimate, uh, a value your trade in. And uh, it's just, and get pre-approved for your financing. It's just a great way to buy a car. Uh, look, you could you could spend more by going with the uh, big companies that advertise on television and have the vending machines that are kind of a marketing, uh, you know, little marketing ploy. Uh, or you could go to liberty-minded people and buy a car from them, and they'll bring it right to wherever you are all across the United States, and that is redriveryourway.com. Make sure that you go and see them and uh, let them take care of uh, your car buying needs, and uh, you'll be glad that you did so. Uh, again, we're talking about uh, the treachery of Michael Pence. Uh, Vice President Michael Pence. And uh, again, you can go to thelastrefuge.com, uh, find this. Uh, who uh, And we answered the question, who fired General Michael Flynn? We talked about the Ukraine impeachment. You ever heard of a lady by the name of Olivia Troy? I haven't. Uh, in, in relation to the COVID vaccines, I haven't. Well, the wor- this is Emerald Robinson. Well, the worst mistake that President Trump made during his administration was probably turning over the task, COVID task force to VP Mike Pence because Pence turned it over to his chief of staff, Mark Short, and Mark Short turned it over to a little-known national security official with no medical expertise. If you want to name, know the name of that person most responsible for unleashing the Dr. Fauci vaccine nightmare on America, then remember the name of Mike Pence's COVID advisor, Olivia Troy. Uh, why was the decision made to treat COVID virus developed and funded by the U.S. government under the thin disguise of EcoHealth Alliance exclusively with experimental vaccines uh, developed with funding from DARPA instead of therapeutics? Why didn't we use the uh, therapeutics and the nutraceuticals uh, instead of going after a vaccine? Perhaps because Pence picked a national security official to advise him on COVID who regularly appears on TV now with a framed picture of Dr. Fauci hanging prominently behind her in her house. Olivia Troy was just as motivated to destroy the Trump administration as Jennifer Williams, but she didn't have the same level of interest in protecting VP Mike Pence from the fallout. 
Pence's people probably figured this out the day that Troy appeared in a TV ad announcing that she would vote for Biden. Once again, General Keith Kellogg was sent out to explain that Olivia Troy was another bad apple that happened to be planted in Pence's office. In fact, Kellogg announced that he had personally escorted Troy out of the White House when she was fired. Troy then started a personal grift operation called the Republican Accountability Project, in which she came out of the closet as a full-time political operative for the Democratic Party. So that's three members of VP Mike Pence's office who engaged in anti-Trump activities during normal business hours. That's a lot of treachery. Let's not forget the ringleader of so much of this malice, too, was Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short. Number four, Pence's chief of staff gets locked out of the White House by Trump. Talking about Mark Short. Uh, and Emerald Robinson goes on. If you still harbor doubts about Mike Pence's treachery, let's turn to Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, for confirmation of these activities. On January the 6th, Short found himself locked out of the White House with his car still in the parking lot. When a reporter asked Short why this had happened, Short's reply was surprisingly honest. He's blaming me uh, for advice to, to the BP. Uh, the he in this case, of course, is Donald Trump. Uh, Philip Wegman uh, confirmed, Short tells me he is not allowed back in White House grounds. He's blaming me for advice to VP. My, this is Emerald Robinson. My own sources in the White House told me that Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, was literally the first person to call for Trump to accept the results of the stolen election and to concede to Biden. Like I said at the beginning, again, this is Emerald Robinson, there's a lot of evidence of Pence's treachery. Long before GOP voters were certainly suddenly surprised by Pence's lack of co coverage on January the 6th, I warned my followers on social media that any trust in Pence was misplaced. My sources in the White House told me that Pence simply disappeared after the 2020 election. He went skiing in Vail rather than bothering with contesting the 2020 election. I wrote on Twitter at the time. We might need to stick VP Mike Pence's face on the back of a milk carton because he's disappeared. That's what I wrote on November the 8th, 2020. Why did Pence and his staff spend four years hobbling the Trump administration? Why can't people believe that the GOP would try to impeach Trump to clear the way for Pence? Most Republican voters have never met the big GOP donors and they have no idea what they do with their money. The big donors wanted a Mike Pence, Nikki Haley ticket in 2024. They don't really care what GOP voters want, and they never have. These are the same people who pushed Jeb in 2016, uh, Paul Ryan before that, and Dan Quayle before that. Pence is a creature of the GOP donors, not an America first patriot. That much is obvious now. Pence was added to the Trump ticket to restrain Trump's populism, and that's what he tried to do for four years. When pro-Trump aides were sidelined in the Trump White House, I'd heard the same thing from all of them. They were told to sit down and shut up, and if they were quiet, they may, may get to work for Pence and Haley in 2024. It's time for Republican voters to admit they had no idea who Mike Pence was. Don't be too upset with yourself. He fooled plenty of people. The man you thought he was, that guy doesn't really exist. It's time you paid much 
much closer attention to your favorite politicians, though, if you want this country to survive. Man, that's probably one of the most powerful things that I have read, and it actually uh, it, it actually confirms a, a lot of uh, what I've thought all along about Mike Pence, and and kind of makes everything uh, come back into total. Uh, focus about uh, everything around the election in 2020 and why Mike Pence would not stand up for President Trump. We're going to take a, a quick break and then we'll be back for the next hour of the show. We're so thankful that you joined us here today. Good to see you all jumping in here. The dude Sean is here, so we're going to make it. And uh, just good to have everybody. Uh, Waldo, good to see you today. Good to see JBN. Good to see uh, Jeff. I think I mentioned you. We're just glad to have you. We'll be right back here in just a few minutes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. It's good to have you here today on the Doc Washburn Show. You can find us after the show is over for the complete show at docwashburn.com. You can download uh, download us. Uh, you can go live docwashburn.com, 11 a.m. Central, uh, noon Eastern, and catch us anytime. Uh, and then uh, are at 11 a.m. Central, uh, noon Eastern for the live show. And then the podcast 
uh, on any platform, uh, podcast platform virtually out there. Uh, you can catch us and they will be there in their entirety. And so again, we thank you. Thank you to our uh, great sponsors that are here with us, JustinMintonLaw.com, also RedRiverYourWay.com. And uh, we've got a couple of others that we want to highlight here uh, as the show progresses. we got another hour and we're going to get started here. Got some good stuff for you and looking forward to uh, uh, to, to kind of just going through everything going on. Uh, hey, dude, good to see you, man. Uh, feminist hypocrisy on display is feminists ignore transgender athletes. You know, uh, irony, uh, somebody said if, if the uh, left didn't, you know, uh, you know, the, the left hypocrisy, if it wasn't for hypocrisy, they, they, they wouldn't have any values whatsoever. Uh, and if it wasn't for double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Uh, and it's so, so very true. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've seen uh, the all reds march out and talk about how terrible women are treated. And the Democratic Party has made uh, how women are treated. They've made that a part of their uh, shtick for forever. Uh, and uh, we see so clearly, though, uh, when uh, Keith Ellison, a uh, former House member from Minnesota, uh, uh, beat his girlfriend half to death, uh, nothing was done. When others have attacked women, nothing was done. Uh, and so it, it's, not, it's, it's about having an agenda uh, is, is what they need. Let, let me give you a case in point. This feminism, ignoring transgender athletes, is just uh, another one of them. But uh, they have to have an agenda. They're not about solving problems. Actually, no politician is about solving problems. Problems uh, is actually solving a problem is their kryptonite. So that they can't solve a problem. They have to create problems. Hey, Robert, good to see you on here with us today. Um, and so what, what they do, they have to, they have to create problems, keep them created. And that's not just Democrats, that's Republicans as well. Uh, let me give you a case in point. And again, we're talking about this over at the American Thinker, uh, and it is Brian, uh, Jundef, MD, uh, talking about the feminist hypocrisy on display as feminists ignore transgender, transgender athletes. But it's not just here. And uh, hey, ECX, thank you for liking the show. Make sure you share it with somebody there. Thank you so much. Good to have you today. Uh, but uh, Brad, good to see you, buddy. Thankful you joined us uh, here today. Uh, but it's it's not just the double standard on uh, feminism uh, with transgenders. It is this creation. It is the problem industry. Uh, it is, uh, in fact, you know, the Democrats taught uh, they taught uh, Jesse Jackson, they taught uh, all of these race hustlers, all of these people who make a living, the Clintons make a living off of problems. Climate change is a problem they know they can't solve because the, the climate's always changing. Uh, that's why they came out with you know, with uh, global warming. And then when that didn't work, they came out with, you know, uh, global uh, climate change and, uh, and, and just keep changing because they got to have a problem. They can't solve a problem. If you solve a problem, you're out of a job. It's like if, you know, if you're a cleanup company and there's a big mess at a, 
rent house or something. They go in, they clean the house. Well, when it's clean, uh, they have to leave. It's over. They get paid and it's done. Not politicians. Politicians thrive. That they are they are like barnacles. Uh, they have to have uh, something to feed off of. Uh, they're parasites, so they have to feed off of something. So there has to be. Um, there has to be problems. There has to be something going on. And so uh, th that, is the, that is the bottom line. A great example of this. And, uh, and if you'll just, when a politician says, um, you know, we need to fix the border. We need to fix the border. Because all these Republicans that come out, we need to fix the border. You know, it's time we fix the border. Uh, and some of them have been in office 30 years. They're not going to fix the border because they wouldn't be able to, if they fixed the border, they couldn't run on fixing the border the next two years or the next four years or six years, whatever their term may be. Uh, so they, they just keep it going. Plus they got the chamber of commerce. They got Walmart. They got all these companies that want to flood the, the, the country, uh, with labor to keep wages suppressed so they don't have to pay out as much in labor. And so, uh, there's a benefit and they get money, uh, support, uh, for election, uh, campaign uh, funds from these big companies. So they have no motivation. So what do they do? They create a problem. They keep the problem in front of you and they promise you next time we're going to do it, man. Next time we're going to take care of it. You just wait. We're going to, it's like Joe's Crab Shack. You know, they got that banner out in front of Joe's Crab Shack, free crab tomorrow. So drive up there to one of the Joe's Crab Shacks uh, and uh, pull up there. And there's the banner, free crab tomorrow. Go in and say, hey, uh, man, I want my free crab. I say, oh, that's tomorrow. Well, go back tomorrow and guess what? It's free crab tomorrow. It's never tomorrow. And so it is with politicians. Uh, and so next time you say, we need to fix the border. Say, well, what did you do the last two years? Well, you know, we didn't have the, uh, we didn't have the majority. Well, you had it in 2016. What'd you do then? Oh, well, we had a lot, you know, we had judge nominations. We had blah, 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 blah. And we couldn't do it then because of this and that. And it's always going to be an excuse because they problems uh, are problems is their fuel. And so they have to have a problem. Uh, case in point, uh, Barack Obama saying, uh, everybody needs to pay their fair share. And that's not very good Barack Obama, but uh, uh, he, he, would, he would say, everybody needs to pay their fair share. Not one reporter ever asked this question. What is a fair share? What, that, that's the question. What is the fair share? Oh, well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, that's not, because if he answers the question and, they, and he says it's, 49% and they raise taxes to 49%, then uh, everybody can say, well, finally they're paying their fair share. And I'm using quotes here. Um, so you never say what their fair share is. Racial equality, you know, it's time we have racial equality. Okay, what does that look like? What does that mean? The NFL wants racial equality. Well, you got 70% of players are black. Uh, what, one a head coach out of 32, uh, what's 32 divided into one? Uh, it's not very much. Uh, what is it? 3%, something like that. 10% would be three, 5% be 1.5. So it's under, it's three and a half percent of the, uh, coaches in the NFL are black. 70% of the players are black. And so if you want to make it equal, you got a lot of work to do on the coaches side. Uh, but then you got to address the, the, the player side and you got to cut 20, 
uh, 20 points off of the, the, the black players and add it to the white players. Uh, and so you'll have 50-50. You have 50-50 black, 50-50 white. If you want, that's what equal means, uh, racial equality. But they will never define it because problems uh, is the industry. Problems uh, is exactly, problems are uh, their, uh, our solutions are their kryptonite. And uh, problems uh, is the product that they, uh, a problem is the product that they uh, sell. And so this feminist hypocrisy on display as feminists ignore transgender athletes is just another example of this. We believe in women's rights. We want the ERA to pass. We, well, we've got a constitution. Everybody's given equal rights under the constitution. We don't need a, a, a constitutional amendment. Uh, and so Brian Jundef, MD, over at American Thinker, AmericanThinker.com, says the National Organization of Women is one of the leading women's rights organizations with a stated goal. Now, here's the, the NOW's goal. Dedicated to a multi-issue, multi-strategy approach to women's rights is the largest organization of feminist grassroots activists in the, in the United States. So what are those rights? The home page has a flashing banner, reproductive rights, uh, which is front and center, uh, which means uh, abortion on demand, by the way, um, any time from conception to birth, perhaps even beyond birth. And so that's uh, 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 now also supports racial justice, uh, which includes men, the evil oppressors, railed against by the more militant feminist organizations, interestingly, the public cases of supposed racial injustice mostly involve men, uh, George Floyd, Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, and others, some of whom ironically have a history of assaulting women. Uh, George Floyd, for example, served five years in prison in 2009 for aggravated assault stemming from a robbery in 2007, where he w entered a woman's home, pressed the gun into her stomach, and searched the home for drugs and money. Uh, yet he's a hero to uh, the National Organization of Women, uh, who is defending and lionizing George Floyd despite being an organization of women uh, and Floyd a victimizer of women. While this seems ironic that now would support a brutish man who assaulted a woman, the transgender movement provides another look at hypocrisy on an even much larger scale when it comes to transgender athletes, specifically biological males competing as females. Now, now has one of its core issues, LBGTQIA plus rights. Uh, and the writer goes on and says, I must pause here for the benefit of all my, uh, for myself and readers who are lost in the alphabet soup of wokeness. I understand that LGBT, um, uh, let's see, uh, is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Uh, but now we've got all these others uh, that have come on here and we have all these other, uh, let's see, uh, anyway, I don't want to go through that. Uh, but now recent uh, news releases on this subject about Pride Month, Abortion Equality Act. Uh, but the story broke last fall and in a brief involves a University of Pennsylvania swimmer named Will Thomas, an unremarkable member of the men's uh, swimming team until COVID put college sports and the rest of life on hold. During his year off, Will became Leah. He, tr he whatever, changed or whatever, uh, not biologically, is now a member of the Penn women's swim team. And while a mediocre men's swimmer is anything but a women's, uh, 
is anything but as a women's swimmer. UPN uh, trans swimmer 22 sparks outrage by sw- smashing women's competition records uh, after competing as a man for three seasons. So he swam three years as a man uh, and, and was second team, I think, uh, all district. Uh, he starts swimming as a woman and he's breaking all these records and doing uh, all this type uh, stuff. And, uh, you know, and it's probably going to end up uh, being like one of the leading swimmers in the women's, uh, on the women's side uh, in, in a long, long time. Uh, and so, uh, and, the, and he is a medical doctor. He goes all into this. He goes into the biology of it. Uh, but then he, he closes out with this. Uh, they should keep it simple and call themselves Modern Democrat Party. That is the party that claims we are committed to ensuring full equality for women. Tell that to the women now swimming in the wake of biologic, biological, uh, uh, biologic males who have no business competing against women, uh, while now the National Organization of Women and the progressive left just yawns and looks the other way. And uh, th- there is the hypocrisy front and center uh, for uh, the the left and how they will uh, just bend and break and do everything in their power uh, to make it to where uh, you know and say well we're for uh, we're for uh, women's rights uh, until a man wants to swim as a woman uh, and uh, I read you an article the other day or at least a piece of an article about the very same guy Will Thomas uh, who's swimming at the University of Penn. Uh, uh, as a woman, although he's a male uh, biologically, uh, and he also is a male uh, as far as uh, his uh, physical makeup uh, to this day. Uh, in fact, the women were complaining to the school because he gets dressed in the women's uh, locker room and in robes in front, uh, disrobes in front of them, and is still anatomically a male. And, uh, and so that's how twisted and perverted uh, that all is. And so uh, we see, uh, again, if there were not uh, double standards, there'd be no standards at all for the American Communist Party. And uh, it, it brings me to another, uh, it brings me all the way back to the last article that I read yesterday and what we talked about is really this is not a, uh, this is not a battle between left and right. This is a battle between good and evil. This is a battle between right and wrong. Uh, and, and so eloquently yesterday, I read an article, and I, I wish I had it. I, I don't have it here in front of me. Uh, but the writer of that article said, you know, uh, that Karl Marx was not an atheist. He's been reported as an atheist, uh, but he made it clear. He said he was anti-God. He was uh, he was there to defeat God, uh, and so he he acknowledged there was a God. Uh, he just uh, did not call him God. He just did not believe uh, or, or submit himself to God as God, and so he actually said that his mission in life was to defeat God, to avenge. Uh, everyone that was against God. So he was, you know, the Satan personified, uh, but in a political, I mean, how else could you promote uh, and befriend people that were so, you know, cruel uh, as did Karl Marx? 
And so uh, this is a battle between good and evil. I want you to remember something today. If you don't remember anything else I said in the last uh, week that I've been able to be with you, I've been with you now, let's see, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So this is my seventh show uh, to do with you, and this will be my last one. Doc will be back tomorrow, thank goodness. I know you'll be thankful, and as will I. Uh, but but here's the, Terry said, bad enough to have wolves in sheep's clothing. They're steady pushing through yet another a tool predators will use to destroy our children. So, so very true. Thank you, Terry. Uh, here's what I want you to remember. The Bible says this. It, it, it says, and I'm going to look it up so, so you'll have it, okay? Uh, it says that God is not uh, the author of confusion, all right? Now, when you start trying to explain a man that has become a woman, but he's still this or that, uh, and you you got a man swimming with women, you got a man now in the women's locker room, uh, and it, it is, it gets to be, that's 1 Corinthians 14, 33. Uh, and so let's say, you no, know, I, I, it's, it's in there, it's in 1 Corinthians 14, I'm sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, and so I, I think it's, yeah, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. Um, God is not the author of confusion. Stop right there. That's it. Uh, and when you look at some of these things and you go, well, you know, I know, uh, you know, and, and some of these people are, in fact, I think a lot of them are that they've got some emotional, deep emotional, and I'm very empathetic. I'm very, uh, pray for them. I, I don't ever treat anybody. Uh, we used to have a guy in, in Sherman when we lived there years ago, ran around as an old guy dressed up. He was just hideous, a real terrible looking wig and uh, all pantyhose all ran and uh, hairy legs and run around in a dress with a purse on. And everybody just looked at him like, good, what in the world? And my heart always went out to him. I thought, you know, there's something definitely amiss there. And, and it is. I mean, I don't care. Uh, whether it's Bruce Jenner or whomever, there, there's something emotionally, there's something mentally uh, not, uh, you know, not, uh, not, not there. Uh, Michael, good to see you. Lori, good to see you today. Uh, and so uh, I, I want you, when you think, when you look at this transgender stuff, when you look at even the, 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 the homosexual stuff, when you look at, uh, and, and I'm going to kind of hit a little closer to home here, when you look at families that, you know, at Christmas time, there's uh, this dad and that dad, and then there's you know uh, the, the dad gets him in the morning, then another dad gets him in the evening, and these with the wife, and there's there's two ex husbands, and you know, so I, I'm lumping adultery, I'm lumping homosexuality, I'm lumping the the gender uh, uh, skewing, I'm lumping all that as confusion. A child, you know, sitting there and trying to explain why that child doesn't live with its mother or father anymore. And I'm not, I'm not belittling you. I'm not running you down. All of us, including my wife and I, we've had divorce hit our family very close uh, in, in our family. And so every one of us have been touched by this. 
but I, I don't want you to forget this. The, the, uh, God said in his word, the book of Malachi, that he hates divorce. And the reason he hates it is because it, it is confusion. And, it, and, and I know you didn't want it if you're listening out there and it destroys families. But I think far too often we, we're, we're quick to talk about the transgenders. We're quick to talk about the homosexuals, but we don't talk about the most prominent issue. And that is the fragment of the American family uh, with divorce and so forth. And so all of this is an attempt uh, to destroy the fabric of society, morality, uh, and this is just uh, another level. It's another level, breaking up a mom and dad, uh, and then now you've got uh, a stepdad or stepmom, and, and, and then you go to, uh, you got two moms, you got two dads. Now we're at, see where we were in the 60s? Uh, there was very little divorce. 70s was a uh, was a divorce epidemic, 80s and beyond. Uh, but we didn't stay there with just divorce. Now we've we've moved on, and now it's it was homosexuality in the 80s and 90s. Uh, and now, but we didn't stay there with just, uh, you know, Billy has two mommies, Billy has two daddies. No, no. Now we've gone to Billy, uh, and I know kids right now, Billy has... Uh, I know a little boy right now that has uh, uh, both. He has a mama uh, and a daddy that don't live together. Uh, and then mama's got a guy living in the home who is actually uh, a girl turned guy or guy turned girl, one of the two. I can't remember. See the confusion? And that's what I bring it back to. God is not the author of confusion. I remember years ago, uh, I was a young uh, minister. I was actually uh, assisting or helping in a church, and the pastor was out of town. I had no experience doing any of this, and uh, and I wasn't even planning on talking about this today. But I just kind of felt like I should uh, uh, should should mention this. Uh, and it's really when this is back in the early '80s. I would say around '82, something like that. I know we left uh, West Monroe in 86, Louisiana in 86. So it was about 82, 83. And this lady comes and sits down before church. Our pastor was out of town, and I was kind of on call, if you will, and uh, wanted to talk to me. She was weeping and crying, and she told me that her husband had uh, maybe pushed her down or maybe threatened to strike her or he had struck her. And, uh, and I know it was popular back in those days to tell a woman, well, you know, man, what the Bible says about divorce and you just, you know, got to grin and bear it and that, but man, that's not, one, that's not scriptural. You know, you don't ever have to take abuse ever. And I told the lady, I said, well, you know, I was young. I, I It had to be God because I, I wasn't smart enough or wise enough to say what I said to her. But I said, look, you don't have to take that. I said, now, and, and, and boy, inside of me, I was like, man, you need, you know, I didn't say this, but inside of me, I'm like, man, you need to leave that sorry sucker and get out of there, you know. And I, I knew the guy, and he was he was a pretty rough character, and he, he, he had a good heart, but it man just had a temper and just could be really, really uh, just, you know, volatile. And uh, just out on the ball field and stuff, he could be volatile. So I, uh, you know, I could only imagine maybe when things got really escalated at home and, and it had. And, and so she was just, you know, really beside herself. I said, look, you don't have to take this. So I want, you know, Paul said, if you need to separate yourself, so you, you, you go to your mom's, you go somewhere, and you tell him, say, look, I love you. And I said, do you love him? Yeah, I love him. I said, well, you, know, you tell him, say, look, I love you. 
but I'm not putting up with that. And uh, you get some help, and you get some help, and when you get some help, we'll talk. And don't make any promises, don't do anything. And she did. And man, he he loved her. He he passed away fairly young in life, uh, in his in his fifties maybe. But uh, he he loved her, and he, he you know it woke him up. And he was young. He was he was very young and immature. Uh, didn't that doesn't justify anything that he did? And she didn't had no marks or anything on her. Or I don't think he actually hit her, but I think he threatened to, and he really lost it. So, uh, and again, that's been you know what forty years ago. But uh, bottom line, I, I told. But but here was the point I wanted to make about this is instantly what I went to is, man, you need, you know, in my mind, you need to leave that sucker. You, you need to get out of there. And, 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 and that's the mentality that that's the spirit of the world. That's the spirit of the, of antichrist or opposite of God. That's all that means. That doesn't mean 666. It just means the opposite of God. There is going to be an antichrist, but we're talking about the spirit of, that's opposing God. And, uh, and that spirit just said, man, tell her to leave him. Just, you know, get out of there. And that's the natural reaction. But I, I had her back up. You know, he got he got help. Uh, he became a great husband, a great father. And they they stayed married till he passed away. And, uh, and so I, I really believe there are a lot of marriages that that would have made it, but we we kind of like yesterday I was talking about letting somebody else raise their kids. We fall into this track. Well, so and so got a divorce. You know, it becomes natural. The the unnatural becomes natural. And so divorce in the sixties, the fifties and sixties was unheard of. Uh and all of a sudden it became natural and it became customary. Well what became natural for so long, uh the unnatural became natural. Well it didn't stay there. Then we went from divorce to now we went to this uh, this rampant uh, two dads, two moms in a home. And and now we're to transgenders in a home. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to stop there. It's not going to stop with transgenders. You think, well, we've got as bad as we're going to get. You know, men uh, hanging out in women's dressing rooms, walking around, you know, and, and they're anatomically still a man. And, and the women just, you know, your little girl going to college, she has to take it because that's the world we live in. But it's not going to stop there. Uh, it, it's going to go on and on. If you want to see where it's going, go read, if you could get them, read the trial transcripts of the Epsteins. Read what uh, all these people, these deplorable uh, people uh, out of Hollywood and the parties they have and the degradation, uh, and and you want to see where it's going, uh, go to Hollywood and look. That's the next level or look down, not up. Uh, and so we're you know we're we're in for a ride. But here's the thing, uh, and I and I try to do this every day. I try to give you uh, the reality of where we are, and then I try to give you the hope for where we can be. And that all is not lost, and uh, and how I know it's not lost, uh, we are promised in the Scripture that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And so God is able; He's able to keep your children. He's able to keep you and your spouse. He's able to. Uh, and if you've gone through divorce, 
Uh, there's nothing you can do about that. You, you, you can beat yourself up all you want. And that was certainly not my intention. So what do you do? You make what you have in front of you work with everything within you and you do everything that you can. And the bottom line is all of us, we're all fighting. Uh, you know, I sit here, I'm not, I'm not uh, pure as a driven snow and no one is. All have sinned and come short. Uh, but the whole premise of this last uh, few, uh, last 20 minutes or so is, is don't allow the abnormal to become normal. Don't allow politicians uh, to just keep lying to you. Uh, we got Friend Shield right here in the second district. He he's been telling us for eight years, we're going to fix the border. Boy, he gets tough. He goes on the radio, talks tough, and he's not going to do squat. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to get on uh, like he did the other day and make a video with Liz Cheney and talk about how great she is. But here's Conrad Reynolds, a godly good man, combat veteran, 30-year uh, uh, combat veteran, uh, our veteran of the ar Army, a colonel, uh, highly decorated, uh, highly uh, accomplished in every area of his life, just one of the most quality, uh, good father, good husband, great guy, and uh, he's challenging him. Now, French Hill will have got, you know, I got a million and a half bucks. Uh, Conrad will be lucky if he raises $300,000. But but here's the thing. The bottom line is this. Uh, we do what we can. I do what I can. I, I've given to him. I'm going to give more. You give to him. You give to the people. I know uh, not all of you in Arkansas. Most of you are not in Arkansas. But wherever you are, I want you uh, to help this man because he will help us and help the men and women that are running in your area that says, you know what, uh, I'm running against the establishment. I'm not going to re-vote for Mitch McConnell. I'm not going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to vote for somebody uh, that will do what they say that they will do. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back. Uh, we're going to talk about my family health plan uh, myfamilyhealthcare.com. We're also going to talk about the Freedom Convoy and the fascists that are trying to uh, undermine them, uh, at, such as uh, the actual platform where the money is being uh, gathered for them. Is uh, They're trying to take that money from them. Uh, th these people are shameless. Uh, and then we're going to actually, you hear the word fascism thrown around everywhere. We're actually going to define the word fascist, and it's going to be kind of like when we describe the words uh, narcissist uh, and uh, sociopath. Uh, we, we define those and we realize, hey, man, that's the Democratic Party. Well, you'll be surprised when you read, and they're the ones that call us fascists. <laughs> but did you recall our article yesterday or our segment on whatever the Democrats are accusing you of, that's what they are? There you go. So we'll be back here in just a moment. We're going to close out with the Freedom Convoy uh, with a Go Woke, Go Broke segment, also with a Twitter uh, tweet of the day. Uh, and we may get to the cure being worse uh, than the COVID and destroying George Soros, Soros. So we'll be back here in just a moment. Thank you again for hanging out with us.
thank you so much for putting up with us. Hey, I want you to do something with me. Uh, Kathy here, you are spot on with the truth and support. Appreciate every word you say. May God bless you for being a watchman on the wall. Thank you so much, Kathy. That means so much to me. Hey, I want you to do, let's see, uh, Democrats pass gas and blame Republicans. <laughs> hey, Flash, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Hey, Michael, good to see you today, man. Uh, Lori Freeman liked the show. Man, good to see you guys. Uh, you, you guys have made my day. I appreciate you so very much. Doc will be back tomorrow. Uh, so, hey, I want you to do something for me, okay? And this is the context. Uh, Doc will be back tomorrow, and I'm no one on here, I promise you, is more excited than I am. Uh, I, I get to get back to my life, uh, and uh, I've enjoyed it immensely. It's been great, uh, but uh, I, I'm ready, and he's ready. So, But um, uh, he is, Doc is, uh, a lot of people don't know this about him, but he was a longtime, you know, DJ, and he is, Literally, and I mentioned this the other day, he is a musical genius. You, you could ask him any question practically about music. And uh, uh, thank you, Terry. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Mike, good to see you today, buddy. Uh, but but Doc, uh, the, the normal host of this show, is a musical genius. You could ask him who played the guitar for Foghat or uh, what were their you know three albums and what was their biggest hit off of each album. He can give you all of that. I mean, and uh, you know, it, it, and obscure stuff, the the B side of of albums, and on and on. It just just amazing. So he's kind of a musical snob. And, and what I mean by that, he, he, he didn't have a snobbish bone in his body. But when it comes to uh, music, uh, like, you know, on uh, Podbean, we've got this canned music that I'm playing for you. And uh, that stuff, just the thought of playing that just drives him crazy. So here's what I want you to do tomorrow, okay? Hey, G. Campbell, uh, good to see you back on here. What I want you to do tomorrow when he's on here, uh, you know, of course, you'll be thanking him for being back. It's good to have you back. Man, that other guy was horrible. Uh, we, we, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen if you, you didn't get back in a hurry. Uh, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask him, say, hey, man, uh, we love that music he was playing. Uh, can you play some of that music? And uh, he will never play that music. He, but but uh, I, I think it'd be so much fun because he's going to tell me, man, they're, 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 they keep asking me to play that music, and I don't want to play that music. That music's terrible. I can just hear him right now. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, that'll be a lot of fun. So don't forget about that tomorrow. Uh, hit him up and say, hey, Doc, we need you to, we need you to play that music. Man, that's, that's some good stuff. I'm going to tell you something else that's awesome. And, man, it's been a tremendous, tremendous blessing to my wife and I. And that is MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com is a great, great uh, option for you. If you're someone that maybe you don't have um, a good insurance at your work or maybe uh, your spouse can't get on uh, yours, now it's, it's, it's insurance, so you have to qualify. Uh, but even if you have pre-existing conditions, go ahead and fill out the application. Go ahead and try. There's nothing, won't cost you anything to, uh, to apply. And you try it, and they'll see if you uh, qualify. But, but in most cases, or in a lot of cases, I, I can't speak for them, even pre-existing conditions 
uh, will be covered after uh, a, a certain time. And they'll tell you all about that when you call them. Uh, let me give you just quickly what happened to us. Uh, we had great insurance with the state of Arkansas because I was a state legislator. We had a Cadillac plan. It was phenomenal. That we paid maybe, you know, our part was probably three or $400 a month. And that policy probably on the open market was, I don't know, probably fifteen hundred two grand. And I've never paid that for insurance. Couldn't couldn't pay that. That's that's more than a mortgage. Uh but then um uh after that I left the legislature and uh so I tried to get insurance and man, it was just so high everywhere. And I just I, I just we never go to the doctor. I mean, uh so we get hit insurance basically for the catastrophic things mainly because I, I, don't, I don't ever go to the doctor. I just don't. And I'm, I'm so very thankful. I'm 60 years old and that could change. But by the grace of God, I, I just, I, I've, I've been to the doctor one time in 40 years. I just, I never, I never take medicine, never been on a prescription and just been, been very, very blessed in that regard, as has my wife. And she's had a few little things, you know, she had some nerve damage in her hands and we were trying to get that worked out. Well, we had this, a Christian sharing type uh, plan. I think it cost us almost 400 bucks a month. And so we went to the doctor uh, and, uh, you know, they took the card and looked at it, Christian healthcare uh, sharing or whatever it was. And they're looking and they're all whispering, and like, man, I'm not sure we can take this. And let me call somebody over at the accounting office. And finally they said, well, we'll take it, but we're not sure. And it was just a big spectacle when you go to the, you know, go go anywhere to try to, access health uh, coverage. And so um, then when we got the bill uh, for the, 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 the procedures that were done, trying to figure out what was the nerve uh, thing going on with their hands, um, it was all total about three grand. I paid that out of my pocket uh, because it, it wasn't covered uh, on this, this plan. And so, uh, you know, we met with uh, my family health plan uh, and uh, man was so impressed with them. Doc was really impressed pressed with them and said, look, I, th I think we ought to accept them as an advertiser. And that's the way he is. If he doesn't believe in, you know, the reason that uh, redriveryourway.com, the reason that justinmintonlaw.com, the reason myfamilyhealthplan.com is on here uh, is because Doc believes in them. Because if, if, if he didn't, he wouldn't take them. He just, he wouldn't do it. And so um, anyway, uh, you know, we, we had them probably a month or so. I'm listening to one of the podcasts and I'm just going along with my, you know, my typical insurance that I had. And, uh, and so, uh, <laughs> uh, we, um, I'll read you that later when I'm not in the middle of an ad, but I got a funny response just now. But, um, so, you know, I'm driving down the road listening to the podcast and there's Doc talking about myfamilyhealthplan.com and uh, he was saying things like save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, lower, no deductible, no co-pays. And man, it's like a light bulb when I was said, hey, uh, ding dong, why don't you uh, apply? And so that's what I did. I called and uh, I, I invited them. Uh, I, I called uh, and, and started talking to them. And, uh, but we got to talking and, um, uh, filled out the application, uh, came back. I was, a, we were both approved. Uh, we're paying a hundred dollars a month less than we were pay, paying with the Christian sharing thing. And, uh, you get free teledoc 
If you need to just call a doctor and say, hey, you know, a little concerned about this. What do you think? That's free. There's never any charge for that. Discount drug cards. Uh, And then a lot of times what will happen is you go to a doctor's visit. You have a procedure. There will never be a copay. Then you uh, what happens is you actually, when you get home, uh, the company has actually negotiated with the, you had maybe something removed or you had, you know, a wart removed or something. And uh, the wart removal normally was $180. And um, they negotiated it down to, you know, $70. Uh, they're going to give you uh, a rebate and you're going to get you're going to get a check over and above getting your bill paid in full. I don't understand how that works totally, and they can explain it to you. But go to myfamilyhealthplan.com. Vicky said, I saw my doctor for an earache. I just showed my card, no copay. I received mail from my insurance company, and I was sure it was a bill. To my surprise, it was uh, a notice that my bill had been paid in full, and enclosed was a check for $110. That's that's myfamilyhealthplan.com. Sounds too good to be true. Uh, it's not. I'm telling you, I have it myself. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, it's going to be great. You're going to love the people dealing with them. They are phenomenal people. They're liberty-minded people. That's what we do. We do business. We do business with people who we believe in, who believes in us, and uh, just looking forward to it. I have a request. I have somebody who said they are definitely going to request Doc Washburn play our uh, our music, and then they ask that I please uh, forward this music so they can have it played uh, many, many years from now at their funeral. So <laughs> uh, that was definitely tug-in-cheek, I'm sure. So, But anyway, this has been um, – uh, we're having a great time here today. Got a couple of more items we want to – jump on here and, and get in. And that is the Freedom Convoy. Uh, uh, and this is over at American Greatness, uh, written by Deborah uh, Haney. Uh, I think I read an article from her yesterday. But it's, uh, Ottawa politician threatens to seize Freedom Convoy's GoFundMe uh, money. And, and that's up to the, over, last time I checked, it was $9 million. Can somebody go on and see, because I'm on the air, hey, Fort... Uh, Fortson, Cynthia, good to see you. Michael Key, good to see you. Uh, B.W. Rents, good to see you today. Man, good to see you guys on here. Uh, <laughs> everybody got a kick out of that uh, Untangled wanting, uh this music at their funeral. So uh, we'll, we'll do that, what, 37 seconds on a loop uh, for the whole funeral. That would be, be special. Um, you know, it's not enough that uh, the reason you got you to put this all in context. The reason that all these truckers are are in Ottawa and protesting what's going on is because they were trying to uh, destroy that industry, trying to destroy them, their livelihood with a mandate, with a vaccine mandate, with a mask mandate, although they're in a truck by themselves, you know, 12 hours a day. And so... That's why this started to begin with. So somebody, so they started this or, this organization to support them while they go up there and they protest. And so they go on GoFundMe, they get funds. Uh, people start donating like crazy. Uh, if somebody can go on there and shoot it to me, uh, look and see maybe in real time what the GoFundMe is for the truckers. It was over $9 million. The uh, Canadian Freedom Convoys GoFundMe account. Let's see what the 
what the uh, the present amount is. It was nine million last night. So Matthew Fleury, who is a, the city manager and city solicitor, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew Fleury, who is a city councilor or councilman, I guess, uh, has tweeted this out. This morning, I've asked the city manager and city solicitor to immediately launch court proceedings targeting the millions of dollars in funds frozen by GoFundMe so Ottawa taxpayers are not left holding the bag for these protests. This is not about cleaning up the city. Uh, if BLM was in your city and trashing it, you wouldn't be asking for that, uh, nor would anybody else. Uh, this is strictly about being a fascist. This is strictly about trying to suppress somebody's ability uh, to protest. That's exactly what this is about. So this Canadian politician announced on Monday that he's requested the city to launch a legal effort to seize millions of dollars. The massive Freedom Convoy conversion in Ottawa over the weekend to pr protest the federal government's mandate requiring that all Canadian truck drivers crossing the U.S. border be fully vaccinated and to protest uh, and to protest mandates that require vaccination for people to work. Uh, and so Fleury added that he would be providing more details, but I would like to see any funds we successfully recoup go to costs incurred to clean up our neighborhoods and support our businesses as well as organizations helping people targeted and intimidated. Nobody's been targeted or intimidated. Um, the Freedom Convoy has collected $9,203,000. This was of last night uh, to help with the cost of fuel uh, first, hopefully food and lodging to help ease the pressure of this arduous task. Um, GoFundMe initially held onto the funds requ requesting transparency. I'm sure GoFundMe does the same thing for Black Lives Matter, right? I'm sure they do the same thing for uh, Jesse Jackson. I'm sure they do the same thing for uh, the abortion uh, movements. I'm sure that GoFundMe does the same thing to liberals they do to conservatives, right? Uh, I'm sure that's that's what happens. Uh, Untangled, thank you, uh, said that fund is up to $10 million. Uh, No, they don't. You're right, Michael Key said they do not, and he's exactly right. Uh, that fund uh, has gone from $9 million to uh, $203,000. It's grown by a million dollars overnight. It's, it's over $10 million right now. So it's uh, grown by something like uh, almost uh what seven eight hundred thousand uh, dollars overnight um and so yeah they've great point michael key said they froze rittenhouse's account uh and then they wouldn't let uh then they wouldn't let him have one so uh we have these companies that are uh fascist now keep in mind we talked about yesterday democrats accuse uh, usually fascist is always uh is associated with the right, correct? Uh, but let's look at an interesting uh, item here, and that is the definition of the word fascist. Now, when we go to Wikipedia, uh, uh, which you know is is publicly uh, edited. Thank you, Mike. I'm glad that you're here, man. Uh, fascism is a form. Listen to this. It's a form of far right authoritarian. Ultra-nationalism, characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition. Wait a minute. It started out saying, this is on Wikipedia, uh, that fascism is a form of far-right authoritarian ultra-nationalism 
characterized by dictatorial power. You mean like mass mandates and vaccine mandates? That's not from the right. That's from the left. Forcible suppression of opposition. That's not from the right. That's from the left. Strong uh, regimentation of society and the economy. That's not from the right. That's from the left. Um, and it talks about how it rose to prominence in the early 20th century over in Europe and on and on. Uh, now, let's look at the etymology of, uh, of, of the word, okay? The term, the Italian term uh, fascismo is derived from uh, fascio, meaning bundle of sticks or a group coming together uh, or, or something being joined together so it's stronger together. So it's, it's the, the connotation is uh, one stick you can break, a bunch of sticks together. So it actually comes from fascio, which means a bundle of sticks. All right. Doesn't mean far right. It has nothing to do with far right. Uh, so when you see this word far right, uh, it has literally nothing to do with it. Uh, what it has to do with is one group coming together and trying to impose their will on another. That is, uh, that's not even the meaning of, of fascist, uh, but that is actually what is happening right now. And so uh, it is it is literally not far right. It, it is uh, authoritarianism. It is um, forcible suppression. It is dictatorial power. And that's exactly what the left is doing. Look, I don't know anybody on the right. I, I've never called for anybody's GoFundMe. I have not even called for Black Lives Matters funds to be frozen. Uh, uh, all I've ever said was this. I said, if you're going to freeze the funds, uh, if the IRS is going to freeze, freeze the funds of, of right-wing or right, uh, center-right uh, organizations or 501c3s because they have a question then you can't let people who are burning down country, uh, cities and trashing cities and putting pallets of bricks on the street corner and, and baseball bats so they can knock out windows and, and uh, hit, you know, try to bash people's brains in and throw bricks through windows. You, you, you can't look the other way on that. That's all I've said. You know, I would rather them just not freeze anybody's accounts and then uh, let, you know, let society work it out and let, let law enforcement arrest the people that are doing wrong and not try to make it something political. That's what I've always said. And so, but I don't see people on the right trying to uh, have people's music eliminated. You'll never hear me call for somebody's job because I don't agree with them. And if, if they're, you know, if they've uh, done something on the job where they've, you know, they're a water uh, manager of the water supply and they're poisoning the water supply, sure. Or if they're, you know, doing something terrible uh, a doctor and they're, you know, drugging patients or they're killing people or they're harming people. Sure. Uh, but, but not, not because of their politics, not because they're liberal. I'm not going to have their job, uh, ask for their job. Um, and so, uh, that is, uh, that, that the, the fascism, the fascism is, is nothing but a group coming together, uh, so they can't be broken. It has nothing to do with, the, the far right. Just wanted to make that clear. So the Freedom uh, Convoy, um, here's what's going to happen. I want to I want to close out the next six minutes. Uh, I'm not going to get to everything today, and, but that's all right. Uh, I do want to get to the uh, tweet of the day. 
Uh, and I think that's uh, pretty important that we get to the tweet today. Uh, and, and that is brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. RedRiverYourWay.com uh, is the sponsor of our tweet of the day. Uh, Jordan Chamberlain at Jordy uh, uh, Lancaster, uh, at Jordy Lancaster, J-R-J-O-R-D-Y, Jordy Lancaster, Jordan Chamberlain, tweets this, the Olympics, the Olympics, Olympics is being held in a genocidal security state, but God forbid Joe Rogan has a podcast. He's, she's not wrong. Um, <laughs> Anonymous Patriot over at Gab. So this is our Gab of the day. A non Patriot Q said people in 1950, I bet we'll have flying cars by the, by 2020. And then there's a picture below that of the new pregnant man icon uh, instead. So instead of having flying cars, we've got pregnant men. Uh, and that, that kind of sums up where we are. Hey, fascinating follow. Uh, if you're on Twitter, a fascinating follow. There's a guy by the name of J. Michael Waller. J. Mike, Michael Waller. Make sure when you go there uh, to J. Mike, Michael Waller, at J. Michael W-A-L-L-E-R. That's on Twitter. Um, uh Give him a follow. He's doing something, and he says, I'm going to do something crazy and start a Black History Month thread about black patriots who loved America and its ideals. He starts this uh, first one with, uh, with Crispus uh, Attucks, uh, who died uh, in the Boston Massacre of 1770. Uh, uh, he was the first uh, to defy the, uh, uh, the first to defy the first to die. Uh, and uh, he is he's a fascinating follow. Uh, and so make sure you follow him. That's J. Michael Waller. In fact, I want to read you a couple of his here. Uh, they are really, really good. Uh, let me see if I can find them here. Another one is Salem Poor, a slave who uh, bought his freedom in 1775, volunteered to fight in the Massachusetts militia, served at the Battle of Bunker Hill, shot the enemy officer who killed Patriot General uh, General Joseph Warren. He served in the 1780. He said Salem Poor fought so hero heroically that all 14 Patriot regimental commanders at Bunker Hill petitioned the Massachusetts General Court to reward him as a brave and gallant soldier. The reward due so great and distinguished a character we submit to the Congress, they wrote. No other enlisted soldier of the American Revolution received such recognition. Salem Poor served at Fort George, White Plains, Saratoga, uh, at Valley Forge and elsewhere in the 1780. He died in poverty in 1802, was buried at Copps Hill Cemetery in Boston. I'm going to be in Boston, my wife and I, uh, in the uh, spring or in March, I believe, and I'm going to try to visit his grave. Peter Salem, a slave freed in 1775 when his owner received a military commission. Salem fought at Bunker Hill and believed to have shot enemy Major John uh, Pictergan, who was demanding the Patriots surrender. He served nearly five years in the American Revolution. There's been, and I didn't know about this, there's been an attempt since 1984 to build a monument to black patriots who fought for American independence. Congress authorized it in 1986, but the mon monument didn't fit the grievance, uh, the grievance narrative and the $6 million in private funds was never raised. Uh, Halle Berry introduced the 14 minute video about free and enslaved blacks who fought for the American independence. Uh, you'll see that on Jay Waller's uh, Twitter account. Um, 
And then, uh, anyway, there's a lot of really good ones. Oh, here, here's a good one I want to close out with here uh, is, uh, let's see. How many people have heard of Hiram Rhodes Revels? He was the first African-American United States senator elected from Mississippi in 1870 to finish the term of a secessionist. He was a Republican, which is probably why few people have ever heard of him. That's J. Michael Waller over at Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Let him know uh, that I sent you. And, uh, man, it's just been so good being on here with you. Gary, good to see you. Uh, see C-R-I-W-D-H-I-W. Uh, good to see you today. Uh, man, just so thankful to have all of you here. I want to read something to you that I think is so uh, powerful. Uh, and uh, it actually is on the lastrefuge.com. It's on their homepage. And uh, I want you to uh, I want you to see this. It's by Mike Vanderbaugh. It says, this is no small thing to report to restore a republic after it has fallen into corruption. I've studied history for years and I cannot recall it ever happening. It may be that our task is impossible. Yet if we do not try, then how we, we know that it can't be done. And if we do not try, it most certainly will not be done. The Founders Republic and the large, larger war for Western civilization will be lost. But I tell you this, we will not go gently into that bloody collectivist uh, collective this good night. Indeed, we will make our defiance such a sound as all history from that day forward will be forced to note, even if they despise us in the writing of it. And with that, I'm so thankful that you gave me this time, the last seven episodes. Uh, we're looking forward to having Doc Washburn back on here tomorrow. I can't thank you enough for everything. Follow me over at uh, Twitter at Donnie Copeland or at Gab at Donnie Copeland, and I'll see you down the road. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the week and have a wonderful rest of your day. Go in God. Mm -hmm.